Coming to you from the Morningstar Mission sponsored studio. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Oh my goodness, I'm laughing. Merry Christmas, everybody, from Merry our Christmas. whole team. Hey, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And a Happy New Year. You're sounding like you're from the Bronx or something, Better man. Better believe it. Yeah. It's Carl and Crew Mornings wishing you a... Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. That's However right. you're spending this morning, I hope you have, have a lot of joy in your heart, knowing that our Savior is born. Yeah, big our time. Our Savior has come. Big time. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Tim Kimmel here with us, Ask the Experts Week, and we're talking grace today. And you might say, whoa, all right, what are my questions about grace? Here's the best way of looking at this. I want you to think in this here for the next little stretch, we're asking with regard to your work, your job, your career, what are you up against that like everything inside you wants to go full flesh monster after someone. Right. It's like, I want to open a can or I want to run from this place or I want to whatever you know is not what the spirit of God would have you do. And the question is, what does grace do? How does grace handle this? So, Tim, we got a question for you right out of the chute here. My boss hates me. Uh, she was hurt saying that to a ch- she was hurt saying that to a couple of my coworkers that I've spoken to her in the past. I'm not making heads out of this one. Yeah, here. I think what this would say: the, the so my boss hates me, and I've tried to speak to her in the past. That's right. But she has not changed. What can I do about this? What do you do with a boss that hates you? Jesus told us what to do: love your enemies, uh, be be kind to those who persecute you. That's straight out of the Sermon on the Mount. And that is the that is the most articulate that those two chapters in Matthew the most articulate unpacking of applied grace in the Scripture and it blew people away so much and it even blew the scholars away. You know this from your you guys uh, your theo- theological students too that they just assumed he didn't mean this in real time. He, this is what it's going to be like maybe when we're in heaven or something like that. Jesus is saying, I want you to look at them through a different lens then they're looking at you uh, because uh, because if you let their their hatred for you get to you then ultimately we want to give them back what they what they deserve which is us writing them off or hating them too we get nowhere uh, but this happens a lot I, I mean I've had coaches that thought I was I didn't belong in the team I've had teachers that wish I wasn't in their class and I've had bosses that were absolute nightmares to work with mm. but that's our job. Here's, you know, the unique thing about our jobs is that they have something in common with our families and that we don't get to pick who's in them. <laughs> That's true, my man. That's very true. Because, because see, on every, take, take any other thing we're involved in, a, a club, a uh, hobby, even church. If we don't like the people we're with, we can unfriend them. We can go somewhere else. We can, go, we can pick another hobby or another group, another church. But we're stuck with those folks that show up for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. They're part of the family. And the same thing with those people at work. But those are the very people. You know what I think? When I think of the power we have to influence uh, the world for Christ, I think the, the marketplace is a huge opportunity because it reminds me of what the first century church was up against. These people just got the gospel. They were completely transformed. Think about this. In the first century, they did not have... A Bible. It hadn't been codified yet. It hadn't been. Uh, that was uh, almost the end of the second century. They didn't have any churches that had addresses. They didn't have any seminaries. 
And yet the church grew the fastest in the first two centuries of its, its existence. And these were the people that turned the world upside down. What were they doing? They were loving the people in the midst of a very pagan cutthroat world, Roman Empire. And it just blew everybody away. So I know it's hard for this lady, but what I would suggest for her, uh, or this man, I can't, couldn't tell what gender it was, but uh, that 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 you you just start praying like mad for that for that boss, and then go to work with an attitude, regardless of what they think of me, I'm going to do my work well, and I'm going to think, I, I'm going to I'm going to try and use my words, and my actions, to appeal to the deeper needs of their heart, regardless of what they do. This is this has transformed millions of people to the gospel over over time. It's awesome. Tim, it's true, man. I mean, love in the marketplace is one of the greatest mission fields we have, Boom Crew. We're talking on this Freedom Friday and Ask the Expert about Grace with Dr. Tim Kimmel. He's a prolific writer on this topic. And the question is, how does it relate to work? We've got a couple other questions that are coming in here that are somewhat similar. Here's one. A direct report of mine periodically flips out on some other employees or another employee. It always seems to happen when I'm not a direct witness. What does Dr. Tim Kimmel say to that one straight ahead? Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Freedom Friday, guys. Good to have you with us. It's Ask the Experts Week. We got Dr. Tim Kimmel with us. We're talking grace. Now, grace is the power to do in us what we can't do in ourselves. God gives us that, not only in salvation, because that's saving grace, but there is training grace. Titus 2, 11 and 12, that was a huge discovery here. I'd read that passage many times. Allie packed it in one day and said, hey, Carl, what about this passage? Bada bing. It's become an anchor passage for us here. Because it's not only for saving us, it's for training us. And the minute we start thinking we got to bootstrap this faith, I don't care if it's work, job, career, church, family, marriage, you're going to screw it up. It's well put. <laughs> you're going to screw it up. Yeah. You're going to screw up the whole thing. And so we just got to get, just get brass tacks here today. If we're talking about freedom, we got to not only be saved by grace, we got to be trained in grace. So we got a, a question here, Tim Kimmel with us this morning, a direct report of mine periodically flips out on some other employee or employees. It always seems to happen when I'm not a direct witness. This is practical stuff, Tim. What do you say to this boss? Yes, we, 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 we uh, speak very directly to this kind of a situation in our book, uh, Grace at Work. Um, uh, I, by the way, I co-wrote it with a friend, Michael Tooker. Here's the thing. As a, as, as a direct report, that means that you have uh, you have authority over this person, and one of the things you have to do, you have two things. You have to protect the people that don't have the power to protect themselves. Boom. And so, if this man is out, man or woman, whoever this person is, is going off on these people, uh, uh, that's abusive in the workplace to their hearts and their their minds and all. But they don't know what else to do because they need the paycheck, and this person can fire them. So you have to protect that person. Secondly, you owe it to that to that person that is losing, uh, is going off of these people to sit them down and say, "Look, whether I see you or not, this is going on, and we got to deal with it." And assume that this is a chance for you to really help them come to the core of why they do that. What's because it could well be symptomatic of something completely different. It had nothing to do with them. I mean, with the person they're angry at or the person. Uh, the work situation there and whatever, but just let them know, look, I want to help you on this. 
this isn't how we deal with, with our employees. You have a position of responsibility. We can't continue with this, but how can I help you win this battle? Grace, so is, they know, Grace yeah. is direct, isn't it, Tim? Grace isn't it soft or mamby-pamby. Grace is direct. No, nice is, nice is soft and namby-pamby. Grace isn't. Um, Grace can occasionally look nice, but the fact is I think the average Christian confuses human nice with biblical grace. And frankly, human nice is often cowardly. It's, it's not wanting to do the hard things. But, 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 but he, let, me, let me describe love. We, we put a definition of love in the book. It will also help guide us here because our, our, our grace should be fueled by our love. Love is the commitment of my will to your needs and best interests, regardless of the costs. Is it in the best interest of that uh, uh, subordinate to be yelled at by this person? No. Is it in the best interest of that person to be uh, uh, taken advantage of his position and humiliating people? No. And in long term for that person, if they keep that up, they're going to lose their job. Is it in my best interest to, in their best interest for me to intervene and try and help them to improve it? Of course. And that's what love is. That's beautiful. But grace has to get, but it's got to, grace is gritty. I mean, how could, what could be more gritty than Jesus hanging on a cross, you know, drowning in his own blood? That's how gritty it took to win us. And we have to be ready to go in there and, and, and love these people. Sometimes the hard way. Yeah, we just got a text message said, Grace is direct to put Jesus on the cross. You guys are on the same path here. It's Carlin yeah. Crew Mornings here, coming up in just a moment. What do you do, what does Grace do, Tim, when it's in a work environment when dumb stuff is being done all over the place? Not dumb just in your opinion, but there's things that just don't make sense. And it it seems like it's not strategic and it's not tactical and you've got ideas. What does grace do? And what do you do when it doesn't seem to change after a long period of time? The answer to that question coming up with Dr. Tim Kimmel. Need a break from everyday life? Get away and in the word with Carl and Crew Mornings. Uh, we are rolling on here. It's Ask the Experts Week and we've got Dr. Tim Kimmel with us. He's really a grace expert and in that he has a handle on looking at situations both in the church and in the world through the lens of God's power to do in us what we can't do in ourselves. Here's what we sometimes do, though. We are Christian in name only or on Sundays only. And the, the real trick to this thing called the abundant life is dragging grace all the way through our whole seven-day week. Right. Really. Mm -hmm. and, and watching God work through us. So we want to have a very honest discussion today around grace and how that works in various different areas of life. And one of the ways that we can see this happen is at work. Now, how many of us have been in work situations where we feel like, oh, man, I wish folks would listen to some input around here, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, absolutely. we got a question that came in, and they're asking, what do we do if we look around and we're like, man, the rank and file here sees some big changes that could be made, but you don't seem to see this, or you don't have the portals by which to share it, and you're chomping at the bit to help. How does Grace respond, Tim? Okay, now, I... I 
That's a little different from the first question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go back at the first one. Let me get a clarification here. Uh, So first they said there's a lot of dumb things. Would that happen? Do you think that's the the people running it? They're just doing a lot of dumb things. They're seeing things that they perceive as dumb and they want they want to get input, but they don't know how. And it doesn't seem to be readily received. Okay, Uh, this is, by the way, a standard problem in business. You've you've heard the Peter principle that many times people get put up into positions of leadership where where they're 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 just incompetent. They, They just don't know what they're doing. It, unfortunately, they can hold uh, uh, you know a, a work team hostage. They can hold a whole company hostage. But usually, there's a cause effect to that. Eventually, it affects the bottom line, and whoever is in charge ultimately for that bottom line has to make some changes. In the meantime, though, in the meantime, though, what what I want to what I would want to make sure I'm very careful at doing as a Christian is it could be very easy for me to start to only see what they're getting wrong, only see the dumb things they're doing and, and all the things that they're missing. And it changes my attitude towards them that they can ultimately detect that, that, that I think they're dumb, that I think they're incompetent. I might not ever say that out loud, especially if they're my boss, but they can sense that. Yeah, this is and good. I don't want them to do that. Yeah. I want, I want to be an ally and an asset to my boss, even if he's a jerk. Because he's he's the boss of the place. He's 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 affecting a lot of people's lives or the, the people you know whatever the management. Uh, then then the other thing is is I think play your position very well. Right on. Stay in your lane on that part and and just say and and and, and you when when we I think we play our position well and that's partly me working hard doing my job and also doing everything I can to empower the people around me to do their job as well as they can. That, that, that pops up on people's radar. You know, it, it just does. You know what? I want to talk about this as a team here with you, Tim, for a second. I want to bring in our whole morning team. This is, this is so good because I think the tendency, isn't it, guys, is to sit back in a corner and you can get a grumbling spirit and right. you can sit back and almost undermine the entire organization even more than what you're disgruntled with. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Easy yeah. to do. Yeah, it feels like that sometimes. It, it, Carl, Carl? Yeah. E- even more so, we, we don't realize that in the subtle things we say in the coffee room or lunch break and all this stuff, we start to build a campaign, not deliberately, maybe uh, unwittingly, of, of other disenchanted people. And, and we don't realize that they're, they're keying off of us. Once again, that, that makes us a liability. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, but I, I know you, 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 your team has to work with you sometimes and you need therapy, there, buddy. This and, is, <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'm in it with you right now. I mean, come on. No, I mean, it, this is, this is real life. Boom crew. This is real life. Yeah. And if I've heard this once, I've heard it a thousand times and I've lived it. And you know what? Let's be real honest. We live it here at Moody. We have hierarchical structure. We have bosses, bosses come and go, employees come and go. And I think, Tim, I want to reaffirm something. You hit a two pronged thing here. Number one is be an asset to your boss rather than um, 
boy, something popped in my mind there. Be an asset to your boss rather than (laughs) yeah, rather than being of an an underminer of what he or she is up to. And number two, perform pick and well to the glory of God Mm -hmm. in the role that God's given you. And what's amazing is I've seen this time and again. Truth is, Tim, I've lived long enough to know this. Those people that live with that kind of grace ultimately have more influence than anyone else in that organization. They do. They do. They do. And and they can ultimately get to the end of their work, work week, go home for the weekend and and actually look back and have have some sense of joy out of their work. Yes. Yeah. There's all this other stuff there. That's really you know, good. Carl. I, yeah. I, I I used I used to do uh, a drive time talk show uh, for, uh, for 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 four years. I did it in the evening, and it was a, a syndicated thing. And a guy came in to coach us, you know, because I'd never done ready before. And he said this. He says, he, he said, look, smile while you're doing radio, because even though they can't see you, they can tell you're smiling. Okay, so I put a big. Big sign, smile, right there by my microphone. Well, the same thing goes if uh, uh, the people in my office, especially the people that supervise me, can tell whether I care about them, whether I say it or not. And when, when I'm only looking at what they're getting wrong or what they're missing, they can figure that out. This and, is... it, and it makes me unreliable to them or not somebody they, they would want to – think that they could they could turn to but i think when you play your position well with with a heart of grace then i think we'd be surprised we come to them say you know can i talk with you about something because uh you know i i think we we you you have a great team here with a lot of horsepower and muscle i i see something when my they might be far more open to listen to what you say yeah your shot of hope to make it through the day it's Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, we got Dr. Tim Kimmel with us here this morning. We're on Ask the Experts, and on Freedom Friday, what better topic than grace? We've got a question on the table for Dr. Tim. This came in from someone who's driving a bus this morning with uh, junior high students, or they're headed that way, rather, and they want to know, how do I extend grace to a bus full of junior high students when many of them are not following the rules? Yeah, and these are good rules, Tim. I mean, he mentioned that uh, guys, kids opening up peanut butter and kind of putting it under the nose of kids that have peanut butter allergies. I mean, it's kind of cantankerous like junior hires are want to do. What do you say, Tim? Well, you know, uh, when you think of what a bus driver's job is to take kids from their homes to school and back and through all the traffic of that huge piece of machinery and do it safely, you would think that should be job enough right. uh, just to just to drive that vehicle. But the main, 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 meanwhile, they're, they're little junior hires and you kind of wish that Fisher Price made a little junior high taser thing that you could just kind of <laughs> zap them, everyone. Um, yeah, you do. Just they, Go Pentecostal on them, go around and put your hand on their head. Demon, come out. (laughs) What is your problem? I'm so with you. Okay. Okay. But but here's the thing. Uh, Carl, uh, probably everybody in the crew has worked with young people. And I was a youth pastor when I went and and worked with Young Life. And you'd meet some of these kids and you you just think, what the heck's wrong with this kid? You know, and you just want to write them off. And I had a good friend give me a piece of advice. He said, look, you could see this kid is having a problem. Or you can see this kid is having an unfulfilled need and is showing up like that. And the more I 
can help fill that unfulfilled need, the more that kid can get a better handle on his life. Because look, some of these kids are coming in and some of them are just doing that because they're junior hires and they're goofballs. Others are coming in because their family's falling apart or yeah. they don't have a, a strong dad image or uh, uh, they've got some shame in their life or, they, or they, they've they been picked on. And this, so that's their chance to rule the roost on kids little than them, whatever it is. But but all kids that walk through the front, uh, climb up the front door of that bus have three inner needs. Hmm. Every one of them have these same ones. They have a need to know that they're secure, need to know that they're significant, and a need to know that they're strong or sufficient for the moment they're in. And the more I use my words and my actions to appeal to those three needs in them, the, the, the more those things will become assets to them. And here's how I meet them. I want to give a secure love. I want to voice a secure love to the people up close to me. I want to, I want to voice a significant purpose to the people. And I want to uh, uh, voice a strong hope. That's how I would meet those three needs. So a bus driver has a wonderful opportunity as soon as he opens that door every morning at every bus stop to look at those kids, greet those kids, if he can you learn their names, whatever. And, and I would especially want to recruit the, uh, com, uh, the, the, the friendship of the kid that give me the most grief. And, and because that's all they're many times, these kids are just needing somebody to just care for them and, yeah. and, and notice them. You know, who was, um, um, you know, who was a master at this, Tim was, uh, my dad. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I'm not kidding it. My, my dad, in his many years of being a school principal, was mm -hmm. one of the most amazing guys. When he retired, they did a full, they had a secret sketch artist come by and sketch his face without him knowing it. And uh, then they put a bust of him <laughs> on the last gymnasium. Wow. Last school he principaled, they put a big bust of him that's still up. Joe Clausen is historically noted for being a guy that could take the most troubled kids. And I watched it. I watched my dad weep in his principal's office. I watched him weep at times and just hold. He had an arm around a young man, and he I'll never forget it. I can't give the kid's name, but I remember the name distinctly. He was a troubled sixth grader. My dad had his arm around him. He said, Carl, let me tell you about it. I just swung by his office. Let me tell you about this kid. And you know what he spoke? He spoke security, significance, and strength over him. And I, I don't think my dad had read Tim's book yet. <laughs> that's that's really true um but that's it's it's a powerful thing i think sometimes we want to corral or correct bad behavior and sometimes god wants us to shepherd it and uh, that's what grace is way to go tim talking about jesus and having fun while doing it we're carl and crew mornings all right we got dr tim kimmel with us today he is um, an expert on grace. I'll ask the experts. That's our week. And this is sweet. On this Freedom Friday, pace is a little bit different. We've been going bang, 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 bang. Grace is more, uh, what's the word I'm trying to get? It's, it's encompassing of so much in that it applied to every area of life lifts all the boats, right? It's the right. rising tide. Mm -hmm. Therefore, sometimes we've got to kind of parse it out a little bit and go, all right, what's what's grace mean? What's the absence of grace mean? We asked him one of the first questions out of the shoot this morning was, what's the opposite of grace? And he said that it's giving people what they deserve. 
and grace gives people what they need but don't deserve. It's so tempting in a workplace or in a family is to give people what they deserve. Yeah. You did this to me. I'm going to do this to you. You said this. I'm going to say this back because that's what you deserve. And then you had a by golly at the end. <laughs> by golly. Grace raises that bar as we yeah. see consistently throughout Scripture and asks us to be like Jesus and give people what they need but definitely don't deserve. Tim, we got someone texting in here saying they're convicted. They're going to work. They're addicted to the internet at work. And this is epidemic, my man. We've got people that are forgetting this remote work stuff because there's not a lot of work going on remotely. What mm-hmm. do you say to someone? How does grace apply to this, Tim? Somebody wants their life. They want it to change here. How does that work? Well, this person is already in the best position yes. to deal with this because they admit that they have the problem. Right on, brother. I mean, this is like, this is what makes AA so effective. The first thing you stand up, say, hi, my name's so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic. Yep, yep. In other words, they say, okay, nobody's kidding anybody. So so they are already on the, on the best uh, trajectory to win this thing. But I would do certain things. Um, I would get accountability. I would even talk with my boss about it. It might be risky, but just say, look, I want to work hard for you. I struggle with this. Boss would dig uh, and, that. And, and, yeah. and, and I think most bosses would say, yeah, uh, you and everybody else in this, this place. Uh, but, but, and then the uh, problem is, is you're working on a computer and the internet's right there. But if, if it's the, their phone, then get their phone out of there. Whatever it takes. Uh, but, and then, and then I would, I would, I would, on, on their way to work, this is a good time to be praying like me, Lord, 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 please, please. Yeah. I don't want to cheat my company this way. Yeah. I don't want to do this. And then I would, I would, what I would do is set myself some goals because this is how you build a habit. You know, they say when you do something 30 times in a row, it becomes a habit or something like that. Well, I would say, okay, I'm going to try and go a whole eight hours of work without getting on the internet. One time. For my personal one time, just going to try and do that. Well, you'll probably make it 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> then, oh man. Okay. Um, start, start the clock again. And you keep going. And then finally you get, I just did a day and I didn't do that. Okay. Let's try and put two days together. Let's try and put a week together. Let's try and do a month together. And then, and then you'll see the, the and, and then you're, you're claiming the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me. I, I want to do this to honor my boss, but I also want to do it to glorify you. Right. Uh, this is wrong that I'm doing this thing. It's, it's sin in my life. I don't want it. And I, I think they're going to find victories waiting for them a lot sooner than they think. Love that. This question that came in, uh, I mean, there's so many different ways to capture it because it's so true. Somebody gets totally smoked by the grace of God, and then they find themselves in a work environment where there's off-color or filthy jokes, denigration of women. I'm talking about men, obviously, that are around other men. Music that's just like, ah, oh, for crying out loud, I got saved from that stuff. How does grace respond in a workplace that isn't pristine and uh, might even be tough on your conscience, Tim? Um, I, I think you've worked uh, some rough jobs in, in your life. I, I yes. worked some construction jobs where, Guys could, would put the most vile, profane words between syllables, and I couldn't figure out how they actually did that. How do you wedge but, that in there? Yeah, I mean, but but they would, and and all look, the 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 
in, in Romans, remember, uh, I, I, I'm so ADHD, I have a hard time remembering exactly where, but they, they, they were having problems with some, some people in the Christian thing that were a- acting up, and, and he was telling how to do with it. He says, but, he says but, but when I told you this, I didn't mean for you to pull away from all people that don't get that way. When it comes to lost people, what business is it of ours? That's right. What, so so to, to me, if I'm, if I'm so reacting to the bad language around me and the filthy music or the d- degrading music or whatever, they're going to know I don't think much of them. And, and it becomes a condescending, judgmental, I'm better than you, I'm holy, you're, and without ever saying a word. They say that. I think we need to look. Lo- lost people are lost people. That's how they talk. It's true. When you're lost and you, you don't have your way, that's the kind of music you're attracted to. And and God calls us to come into the middle of it and, 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 and do something. I, I was in McDonald's, uh, it, very crowded. It was lunchtime and a lot of people there. And there were these two guys came in. They were covered with white dust. The, they were drywallers. They forgot to shut off their construction language when they came in. And they're just talking among themselves, but they're dropping the F-bomb and you know, all yeah. that stuff and everything. And there was a mom in front of them with a little kid. And finally she turned around and she went after them. How dare you take my Jesus name in vain and, 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 and humiliate and, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Just ripped into these guys. And I'm over, I'm over at a distance, but I see this thing. And all I could think about, Lord, please help her. Shut her mouth. Shut up. This is, these are lost people. This is how they talk. But she said, well, she might say, well, I'm trying to protect my kid. Your kid's going to have to learn how to live in a world where they use, teach them how to do it. This is how you turn and say, hey, you guys, what do you do? Uh, Introduce yourself. You guys cover that. You do drywall. Son, this kid, and let me buy you lunch. That's how you handle it. I'm sorry if I'm getting passionate here, (laughs) but. No, it's counterintuitive in its grace. It's it's interesting, uh, too, because I think we want to try to protect ourselves from the things yeah. that we freely did before we were regenerate. Right. I, I understand that. And, and, and I understand it. But, but here's, here's the thing. This is where Jesus gives us a lot of leadership here. So he gives us completely. Those uh, fishermen that he recruited, yeah. they, they didn't talk holy talk. Uh, they knew how to swear just like everybody else. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and he was among a people that, that all, all the— what was he accused of most by the Pharisees? You hang around with the wrong crowd. Yeah. You have no business hanging with these people. And, 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 and yet that is exactly the world that we can go into the middle of it. Now, I, I do think that the question is, has a, some legitimate concerns. I mean, I don't want to feel like I'm endorsing their music or whatever. But what, what I do is just – I would just – ignore the music, ignore the la- the bad language and try and listen to the bigger message of the- and get to know them and know about their lives and their kids and their spouse or their dreams or their fears or their hurts. And just as, as you're working side by side with them, yeah, I guarantee you, I guarantee you when their life falls apart, they're going to pull that, that person that asked this question aside. If they're living this way, God's grace out, they're going to pull that person aside and say, hey, can I talk with you? I need help. I'm in over my head with my spouse or my kids. And and so you just go and work hard and love the people you're working with, even though they don't, you know, they haven't found the the truth yet. And, and 
God just might use you to help them find it. Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. It's exactly right on this Freedom Friday, guys. We've been in a week of Ask the Experts, so we've got a different Freedom Friday. We brought in Tim Kimmel. Man, talk about grace. Guys, his book, Grace-Based Parenting, and all of his books on family and now work. He's got a new book out called Grace at Work, The Secret to Getting More from Your Job Than a Paycheck. What a great byline. Bylines are always better than the title. It's very true. They always are. They're really good, man. So I want you to check it out. And we got a ton of folks. We got a ton of folks texting in here right now. The keyword, the keyword is grace. Real simple. You go to this site. If you want to get any of the books, just go to shop and you'll find them right there. But text the word grace to 312-274-9624. Grace to 312-274-9624. And uh, you're going to find some phenomenal resources, including his brand new book called Grace at Work. All right, Tim, here's the truth. We've got someone listening right now. And brother, sister, I want you to listen to me right now. They're here. And sometimes they're here because they're up against they've they've hit a wall. The bottom has fallen out. Sometimes they've been here a long time, and then all of a sudden the the God of this age can no longer blind them because God's pulling down the blinders. Tim, how does someone find the abundant life that is only given to us by grace? How, Tim? God put it on a bottom shelf for us that anybody that wants him and needs him can have him. But it takes us, all it takes is an act of faith. When we realize that we uh, we, we realize that we can't get the God on our own. No matter how good you live your life, he's a holy, perfect God. None of us hit that one. We, then he figured out, I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to rescue you. And that's why Jesus came. God sent the most precious thing he had. You know, I'm a dad, and if my, my son was in peril, if his life or mine, I'd say, I give mine. But what was the biggest price someone had to pay is give somebody that they love even more than themselves. And he, he gave his son, and Jesus came down. He took on human flesh for one primary reason, so that he could come to the end of his life and and be put on a cross and take your sins and my sins on himself and die on our in our place. Jesus sacrificed his life for us so that we could have uh, eternal life with him. And here's all you have to do. Look, if you're out there listening to us right now or you're home or whatever, just say, dear Jesus, I need you. I, I know I'm a sinner, and I know because of my sin, I'm lost, and I, and I can't fix myself. But, but I, I see now that you love me. You gave your life for me, and so I'm asking you now to please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make my life new. Yeah. And you just ask that in Jesus' name, and he will save you. Yeah, through and through. It's real. And some of you right now are doing that. And this isn't some secret sauce prayer. It's an attitude of the heart. It's a prayer of the heart. And if you've prayed that right now, maybe you've been here a long time. Praise God. God's breaking through the darkness. The veil's coming down. Maybe you're brand new here today and you're just broken. The bottom's falling out. Trust me, we're all in recovery. But that initial boost of grace, of salvation, You've, you've, you're tasting that today. And here's how I know that you know it. The weight has come off your shoulders that you once carried. And all of a sudden, it's almost a bizarre, mysterious feeling. It's like, whoa, what is going on? And when the sun comes up fully, 
the blues are going to be bluer, the greens are going to be greener. Because all of a sudden, life has changed. You know why? Because you have changed. According to the scriptures, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. How good is that, man? But we want to help you in your first steps with Jesus. We've got a resource we want to send your way. And on this Freedom Friday, you have just given your life to Christ. And our responsibility is to somehow help you say, this is your next step. It's a little PDF. We're going to shoot it to you right now. Text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. We'll send you this link. It's an auto reply, so make sure you don't add anything else to the text message. Just welcome to 312-274-9624. Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got Dr. Mark Job joining us right now, 10th president of the Moody Bible Institute, also host of Bold Steps, which you hear weekdays at one o'clock right here on Moody Radio. You know, Mark, we've talked about this kind of offline a couple of times, but we live in a culture today that it's like Christ followers can go this way or that. It's kind of the why in the road. We see a post-Christian culture. We see morality slippage in ways that are, it's astonishing. But it's like some are heading to the Midwest kind of bunker syndrome. Some are saying, no, let's get to the front lines. What do you say, Mark? Yeah, we have not seen this much acceleration in change and division probably in our lifetime. No, I think you're right. And Not and even I close, Mark, right? No, not even no, close. no. I mean, I, I people deconstructing their Christianity, people that are just really struggling with their faith and determining whether they're going to follow Jesus or not. I, I believe we're in a battle for the soul of our nation. Yeah. And I believe that more than ever before, we have to refocus on re-evangelizing our country, especially uh, Generation Alpha. That's the, some people are saying it's the first post-Christian generation in this nation. And then we also need to continue to accelerate our focus on the nations. You know, some people, when when we see the world going like it's going, uh, there's uh, a lot of chaos, war in Europe, inflation, recession, political tension mounting, a lot of fear. Some people want to run to the mountains of Montana, build a bunker, fill it with water, (laughs) get some cans of food, and just hunker down to the rapture. And I get that feeling that you may have, but that is opposite of what God has called us to do. Actually, this is a time to pull out the light, to be salt in this generation, to be more bold, audacious, gracious, loving, intentional about the gospel than ever before. Yeah, Dr. Job, so as we move towards the uh, calendar year end, what is Moody Radio's role in all of what you just described? So, yeah, we're in the end of the year 2022, and December is an important year for Moody Radio because, like many ministries, this is a very, very important uh, month financially. A lot of people give year-end gifts And this is one of our our larger months, and we really depend on it to finish our calendar year well and enter into the next year well as well. So I want to challenge you, if you've been thinking about a year in gift and God has been uh, putting on your heart to give somewhere, 
You know, I like to tell people, if you've been listening to 30 years to Moody Radio and you've been encouraged and it's blessed you and you've grown and you've never given a penny, we're glad you're listening. And I'm glad it's ministered to your heart and keep growing in Jesus. So I never want you to feel guilty for not giving. However, we operate, this is a big operation. Moody Radio is not a mom and pop shop. No, Seriously. You're right about that. This is not just, you know, two people behind a mic. I mean, we have uh, staff all around the country. We have towers and offices and radio stations and engineers. We've been doing this for a hundred years. We're the largest nonstop broadcasting Christian radio station, from what I understand, in the nation. And we're expanding more and more internationally. Starting in January, we'll be broadcasting to all of Nigeria, to Singapore and Malawi. That has the capacity of 200 million listeners. So we are accelerating, but we need your help. We need your help. And this is an important time of the year to give. And so if you've been thinking about giving, we would ask you to give before the end of the calendar year. In other words, before December 31st, it's important that your gift would come in at that time. Boom Crew, we know that you are unique in that if there are retreaters and they're take the hillers, you're a take the hiller. That's what you are. That's what you are, Boom Crew. And we love you for it. Your generosity is off the chain. And yet, your end is coming. I know you're busy. But if you could take some time right now to go to the phone or go online, let me give you two portals that you can give. 800-600-9624. That's the phone number. 800-600-9624. But we can also have you go to the good old Carl and Crew website. Yep, carlandcrew.org. Go to carlandcrew.org if you want to make a year-end gift. Again, that number, 800-600-9624 or carlandcrew.org. Mark, thank you, my friend, for being with us. And this is right on because this, this isn't about keeping a station going. This is about keeping the gospel on the front lines of a culture that's in decline. And we carry the hope, the message for the hope of our nation and for our city, Mark. Absolutely. And let me just say this, what I love about the Boom Crew program in the morning, Carl and Crew, is that I hear the gospel intertwined over and over in this programming. And so I know that there are so many people that listen that would echo what I say. Thank you for continuing to weave the gospel into the gospel stories and the gospel message into this over and over. And, you know, some of the listeners know, hey, this team gets up early in the morning, and I'm sure there's days, Allie, where you don't feel like being an encouragement. (laughs) Um, but, But you do it anyways, and you minister and you encourage people. So on behalf of a lot of people at the end of the year, you'll hear an applause coming out like this. So thank you again for what you do. And those of you that are listening to this morning program, this is a great time to support this program and this radio station. Good word. All right, Boom Crew, 800-600-9624. As the Spirit of God leads you, make a move. 800-600-9624 or online. At carlandcrew.org. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Best way to celebrate is to keep the flywheel cooking. Man, with Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, you guys ever get into New Year's resolutions? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Not, yeah. not extensively. Cause <laughs> <laughs> all right, come on. Well, because they kind of feel like they don't stick. Yeah. 
Feels I'll like be honest. Kind of better to. <laughs> it feels like it's better to not set them than yeah. to have these big aspirations and then feel like you've failed. Yeah. Yep. You're throwing red meat to a junkyard dog. Oh, yeah. Boy. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's really true. I've been yeah. a resolution nut case for a lot of years, and um, you know it was. I've never shared this before. It was a huge epiphany for me to find myself utterly failing with some resolutions that I really believe we're going to honor God mm -hmm. in a big way. Yeah. I felt like I heard from his voice and I'm going to sure. go that way. And I remember just starting January one going, here we go yeah. and just going and going and going about fourth day. I started to falter a little bit and mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I got to go at least 30 days on this thing because this has got to kickstart something for the whole year. Yeah. By five, six, seven days in, on my face, failing, just feeling like, and and the conclusion that a lot of people draw is that, uh-oh, well, then God hadn't revealed something to me. No, it could be a deeper problem than yeah. that, and I'm glad we're talking about this, because I think, I've never even spoken about this before, this is so wild, um, but I think that a lot of times God does reveal something to us. And then we go out in our own strength to try to make it happen. Therein yeah. lies the problem. Not that the revelation was wrong, just how we're going after it. Right. I think you're right. Because I think there is this sense, whether it's a, yeah, I'm going to lose such and such pounds this year, or I'm going to get, I'm going to eat better, or I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. There's all these things that are great aspirations. And some of them we very may well have heard from the Lord on, but there's this kind of defeating sense of, I don't think I can do it. Yeah. Okay, it's day five, and I'm I'm already struggling. Yeah, and herein lies the problem, guys. We've got we have done this horrible bifurcation. And Ali, you're the one that reminded me of the text in Titus two eleven and twelve that highlights this reality: the grace of God is for saving us and for training us. We've trusted God's grace for saving us, but we think when it comes to us applying, growing, training, boy, that's on us. Therein lies the problem. We've we've trusted God for salvation, for everything salvific. That's all God. We've known that because, I mean, when you're broken and at the end of yourself, you know no one can save me. Right. Yeah. It's got to be God. Right. But then we've gotten into this crazy Western, suck it up, buttercup, you can do it. Mm -hmm. It's all the... It's all the posters of the old days, like, you climb that mountain, yes, you can. Yeah. And the guy that's got his fist up on the summit. I'm not here to say that there isn't anything we do, but we've got to trust God. And so, Carl, obviously, this is, you said this is like red meat to a chunkyard dog. This is a sweet spot for you. I mean, your book is called The Seven Resolutions, and you're going to be doing something here in the new year that's really exciting. Yeah, I really, I'm fired up about it. And as a matter of fact, we're doing a couple of what I call T7R winter launches. T7R winter launches. And uh, what we're doing is on the 29th and on the 31st, that's a Thursday night and a Saturday morning. You can pick one to register for. I'm going to be get, casting some vision for what it looks like to take God's power to say no to self-help and get victory in things that have been kicking your booty maybe for decades. And I'm not kidding. And I, I really believe this. This is because I'm not promising. This is the word of God. God's grace has all the power you need to overcome stuff that's been sitting in the shadows for years. I fully believe it, and uh, we're excited about this. By the way, what this launch is going to lead to is an opportunity for coaching that is going to be quite a journey. For the first time ever, I've done coaching for the last year. 
but I'm going to go through eight consecutive weeks of the book, starting the back end of January. Yeah, oh. eight consecutive. I caught you off guard That's on great. that one. Mm. I'm going to do eight consecutive weeks uh, coaching on Zoom, and it's. I'm fired up about this. We're thrilled. So you're invited in. If you want to be a part of the the webinar, it's totally free. It gets you the details so you can decide, is this for me right now? Is this for me and my spouse? Just text the word 7, and we have the details for you, 7 to 312-274-9624. Spell out that word for me to make sure you get the auto reply, S-E-V-E-N, 7 to 312-274-9624. Yeah, hope to see you there. 29th and 31st. Boy, talk about ramping up for the month. Yeah, talk about ramping up for the new year. Uh, Thursday night and Saturday morning details. Just text the word seven. Like Ali said, spell it out to uh, 312 274 9624. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.